Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. This year our theme is I am your God from Ezekiel 34. We believe that God alone is everything we need in these uncertain times and so we desire to put all of our trust in him. We have Christine Geshom sharing with us today on the God who loves us. As the world celebrates Valentine's Day, we as followers of Jesus have a greater love than anything else. The love that God has for us and demonstrates towards us is beyond our wildest dreams and is the reason for our hope. As you listen, we pray that you will experience this love for yourself and be a channel of that love to all you meet. Hi church it's a joy to bring God's word to you this Sunday. Um however your week has been I hope the next week will be better because um, as you know the world celebrates Valentine's Day and I don't know what your opinion of Valentine's Day is what your experience with it is um what expectations you've had in the past of it what expectations you're currently having. So I was reading this um interesting story in the Reader's Digest about a young man in his 20s who had gone to a very fancy jeweler in um London. and he had asked for a bracelet and that he wanted an engraving on it um in honor of his girlfriend for valentine's day and so the jeweler asked him what the engraving should be and so this is what he asked for he said to my one and only love that's what he wanted engraved on it and so the jeweler said you know what uh, what sir that's so romantic and uh, this guy with the twinkle in his eye looked back at the jeweler and said it's not really romantic as it is practical because if this doesn't work out i need to gift it to the next girlfriend and um, that's what love for you looks like today that's what the world promotes as love it is the most temporal um conditional thing ever and today i want us to look not at valentines day but at our god who is the god of love and i hope that um whatever you take back today that you will just realize how loved you are by god and that you will bask in that in that love that you will just you know allow it to envelop you and change your life what i've noticed and i'm sure you will agree with me is that human love is limited and limiting it's also very conditional and conditioning what do i mean by this that you know when we love someone there are limits to that love when someone keeps stretching those boundaries we we tend to you know realize this is getting out of hand so it has its limits and it's also limiting because the way someone loves us puts limits on us so the way we respond the way we react all of that is um has limits on it because of the way we have received love it's also conditional because even in the best of relationships there are these minor conditions with our children with our spouse with our friends there are these minor conditions which make it quite conditional and what do i mean by conditioning human love is conditioning well you know the way we were brought up the way our parents loved us it conditioned us as adults so we receive love in a certain way we give love in a certain way so not only is love conditional it's also conditioning god's love on the other hand is so unconditional and it's beyond our expectation with no limitations we cannot measure it we cannot say you know you get this much of god's love i get this much of god's love is beyond our understanding it is so vast and so i don't know about you but i when i was meditating on this passage this week i just realized how little i value god's love for me and how much i value people's love of me 
if you are someone who likes to people please you will find that you need people's adulation or responsiveness to you but when it comes to god we just take it for granted that he loves us and so today we're going to be looking at one pivotal passage we're going to be looking at 1 john chapter 4 um it's written by the apostle john and he writes a lot about love but we're looking specifically at this passage to understand what god is love actually means and how that applies to each of our lives so let's look at 1 john chapter 4 verses 7 to 10 in the message version it reads as such my beloved friends let us continue to love each other since love comes from god everyone who loves is born of god and experiences a relationship with god the person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about god because god is love so you can't know him if you don't love This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about, not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they have done to our relationship with God. God is love in the amplified version what it actually says is he's the originator of love and it is an enduring attribute of his nature so if you've been looking for love i want you to stop looking further than the cross of jesus because when you look at the cross it is a picture of god's immense love for you and for me we don't need to look further If you've been saying I've been looking for love for a long time I haven't found it look no further than the cross because that is a picture of God's perfect love for you. So I want us to focus on two things from this passage we need to look at two things that we need to do as recipients of God's love. Now God has shown his love through the sending of his son and in giving that son to us as a sacrifice he showed us his love. But what do we do as recipients of that love? We have received that love right what do we do with that so i want want us to read 1 john chapter 4 verse 16 and this is what it says so we have come to know and to believe the love that god has for us god is love and whoever abides in love abides in god and god abides in him so so there are two things we need to do in order as recipients of god's love towards us the first thing as per verse 16 is that we need to believe the love that god has for us and the second thing is we have to abide in that love and so we're going to be looking at um the first part of that which is believing in the love that god has for us so the first thing is that we need to believe the love that god has for us so other versions will talk about trusting in god's love for us trusting in it what does it look like to trust in god's love for us for those of you who have children you will know that your kids inherently trust that you love them but when we correct them they have a doubt do you really love me why do you spank me if you love me you see that so it's in our human nature to doubt whether we are loved and so that's why he says we have come to know and to believe the love that god has for us is essential as followers of christ essential as christians to believe the love that god had for us And so when we look at that closer you know God's love for us is so different from our love for each other. A lot of times we we look at the love that we have for a sibling or for a spouse um and we think you know that's God's love for us but it isn't because his love is agape it's beyond um our definitions. And we're just going to look at a few attributes of this love to understand why I need to trust it. Why do I have to believe this love? 
the important thing is the first thing is that it's an everlasting love it's not a love that has a timeline set on it okay christine from the time you're 18 till you're 25 i'm going to love you deeply after that you're on your own it's not that kind of love it doesn't have an expiration date it goes beyond time jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3 it says the lord appeared to him from far away i have loved you with an everlasting love therefore i have continued my faithfulness to you Psalm 103 verse 17 says from everlasting to everlasting the lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children and it's beautiful because everlasting love just does not touch me it touches my generations to come the common thread in the fact that you know his love for me is everlasting is the fact that god is faithful he is not someone who is prone to change He's not someone who's going to be like you know what this generation exasperates me I'm just going to not bother about them. He is so faithful to those who love him to those who count on him and he extends that faithful love to the next generation and the generation after. And it's amazing because um you know that should be a motivation for us to actually trust it. Um I have four generations back I have a grandfather great great grandfather who was originally a hindu priest and it's amazing when i recently heard about the story of how he found jesus how he built a relationship with jesus and then chose to leave that profession and follow jesus um wholly and you know you know do serve the lord in, in the kingdom's work and that was four generations back and today as we look at our extended family we are stretched all around the globe and when we look at our lives we see how god has loved him and that love has transcended his time and touched us four five generations down that's what everlasting love looks like and so you can trust you can believe god on this that if you have chosen jesus if you've chosen to follow him and given your life to him that his love is going to not just touch you it's going to touch your children it's going to touch your children's children and therefore it it is a a love that is worth believing the second kind of love that god's love towards us is it's steadfast it's steadfast it's unfailing it's unchanging micah chapter 7 verse 18 says who is a god like you pardoning iniquity passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love Psalm 36 verse 7 How precious is your steadfast love O God the children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings And this is the beauty of this steadfast love it's unfailing unchanging we go through moods we have these high moments when we're so in love with people around us we go through these dark times when we don't want to look at anybody we become completely antisocial even with in the on the best of days our love goes through ups and downs but the god that we love the god that loves us steadfastness is one of the the undergirdings of his nature he does not change jesus the same yesterday today and forever and therefore we can trust his loving kindness we can trust his unfailing love because he's a god of compassion it's so easy to sometimes think he's an angry god he's a distant god but no the the basic thing is this he's a compassionate god he's a kind god and his love is unfailing it will not let you go so god's love for us is always tinged and just lined by compassion it's lined by his steadfastness and so that warrants that we believe that trust uh, that love it's it warrants our trust 
knowing that you know what god you're the same god who was there with me 10 years back when i walked through that storm and i know that now as i walk through this storm you are with me that's the beauty of this and it's worth trusting him over this the third kind of the attribute of god's love towards us is that it's sacrificial it's not an ordinary love you know our love even towards our children um sometimes it has so much of motives to it i we were recently talking to a friend who said you know i'm really looking forward to my children looking after me when i'm old and when i thought about it i, I wondered how many times i've thought about that like oh you know when i'm old i'm not going to be alone one of my kids will take me in even in the best of times our love is not so sacrificial it's not so selfless but god's love is incredibly sacrificial ephesians 5 verse 2 says this live a life filled with love following the example of christ he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us a pleasing aroma to god romans 5:8 says this but god showed his great love for us by sending christ to die for us while we were still sinners not when we had you know admitted that we are sinners and come to him and and bowed in reverence no it was when we were sinners christ died for us it was when there was no scope for turning around and coming back to him he died for us that shows the level of his sacrifice and so the thing the truth about a sacrificial love is the people who are receiving it are completely undeserving we don't deserve god's love we are unworthy of it and yet he chose to pour out his love through his son jesus and that sacrifice and so if anything if if anything should be our motivation to trust his love like i said it's a picture of that cross that cross should move us to trust his love for us it should move us from doubt to belief that you know what god you really do love me why would you do that if not so that's the next thing the next attribute of god's love is that it's beyond our understanding sometimes we try to quantify things because we live in a time system a time of metrics we want to measure everything we want to measure profit loss we want to see how much we have improved from the last year so even when it comes to god we want to quantify him we want to say you know what lord i want to see how much you you really you know based on the blessing i want to i'll know how much you've loved me but the truth is that god's love for us is sometimes demonstrated through those closed doors sometimes it's been when we have been flat on the bed with a sickness that we didn't understand that was god showing us his love it has been beyond our understanding on most occasions and that is characteristic of god because he is beyond our understanding we cannot box god and say this is you lord i figured you out he is beyond our understanding and therefore it warrants that his love is beyond understanding ephesians chapter 3 verses 18 to 19 and may you have the power to understand as all god's people should how wide how long how high and how deep his love is may you experience the love of christ though it is too great to understand fully then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from god god is boundless god is infinitely larger than we can even picture and therefore his love is also limitless it cannot be measured so there is no point in comparing how god loves me to how god loves even my husband he shows us his love in different ways our love languages are different the way we receive his love is different and so the way he showers it on us is different no point comparing it but you should understand that you cannot understand it completely it is incomprehensible which means that i can trust it i like trusting in a god that i don't fully understand because it gives me that air of mystery which is very vital to my worship if i could figure him out 
he'll be like any other human that I've, you know, been studying. But because he is beyond my understanding, because his love is beyond understanding, it makes it worthy of my trust. And the other characteristic about God's love is that it's firm. It's not just a feeling, fluffy, fluffy-based uh, love. It's it's a very firm and a certain and an intense love. How do we know this? Proverbs three verses eleven to twelve says, "My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father the son in whom he delights." Like we've told you very often with our children. we've had to correct them we have rules in place when they're playing outside when they're at the at the house wherever they are there are rules and those rules are given not to curb them and to keep them cloistered but rather for them to play with freedom to be safe and yet have a good time and god is no different in fact god is such a loving father that when he corrects us he does it out of love he doesn't do it to to you know make a point he doesn't do it to just you know have fun with us at the expense of us but he does it because he loves us so deeply i remember a season where i had promised god when i was expecting my second child when i expecting my daughter i told god when i do deliver her and i have her safe in my arms i'm going to testify about her and the miracle of her birth to people around so that it encourages other people who are dealing with infertility or a long wait and this is what i had told god and when i delivered her and we had her dedication at church um i still remember our pastor who knew the journey we had been on um turned around to us on the stage as he was going to dedicate her and he asked me specifically would you like to share something and i maybe i was overawed with emotion i don't know but i couldn't say anything and i just said no i'm good i had a great opportunity to actually fulfill the promise i'd made to god and i didn't i didn't take the opportunity um took her back home went back after the dedication we had a small get together and that night i felt really ill and i was in bed i was in so much pain and as i was lying there in pain i just remembered um it was almost like the holy spirit was reminding me he said you know what you had promised me you would do this you had promised me that her birth would bring me glory and yet you have not come through on your word you had a beautiful chance today what happened and so what i did was um the next week i asked my husband to record a test we were flying out to us and so we couldn't go into church but i told him you know i want to keep my word to god you know i feel like he's correcting me for my um reticence and so um geshom recorded a quick testimony of you know what i had gone through in delivering her and what you know how god had been so faithful and it might seem like a trivial thing to you but to me i have seen repeatedly that when i have crossed a line that i was not meant to cross when i have said something that i couldn't take back and it caused injury God has dealt with me very very tough in a very tough way. He has not let it go. He didn't just bl- brush it over saying, you know, you're my beloved child. I you know it's okay. Um with me God has been tough many times. Many times he's spoken to me through sickness, he's spoken to me through pain, through isolation, through betrayals. He's used a lot of things to get my attention. And so I can tell you this with certainty that he is a God who's firm. his love is firm it's not just you know this very a uh, feeling based oh you know i i love you this kind of it's not like a movie dialogue not at all it's a very intense love he loves us passionately and that love is very firm as well because he's our heavenly father and so you can believe this love you can trust this love because of these reasons that i said the attributes of his love are not ordinary they're not like the human love that we enjoy 
And so the important thing in believing in God's love, why should, you may ask me, why should I believe in God's love? Why is it so essential? Well, here's the reason why. Believing in God's love is very important because I need to have a script for the eventuality of even if. You know, a lot of times in our life, we go through it afraid saying, what if this happens? What if that happens? But I want to tell you that that script will change when you trust in God's love for you. When you believe his love for you, your script will automatically change to even if. What do I mean by that? Even if my dreams crash, I know he loves me. I believe that he loves me. Even if I lose a loved one, I know and believe that he loves me. Even if I get sick, I know and trust him because his love for me is real. It's steadfast. Even if I'm left empty handed in my job, I'm left unemployed. I know he loves me. I trust his love for me. That's what it will do. It will change the narrative completely. Now, what happens if I don't believe in his love for me? When life hits me like a ton of bricks, my entire world will collapse. If I didn't have his love to trust in, if I didn't believe that he loved me, I'll think he's against me. I'll think, you know what? God's against me. He's decided to go all out against me. He doesn't love me. He hates me. I will start assuming these things which are completely false. If I don't believe that he loves me, I will collapse into pieces when life hits me. If I don't believe that he loves me, I will doubt his every intention towards me. If I don't believe he loves me, my life will become shriveled and withered like a plant in a desert land with no purpose, with no um, scope of existence. So it's very important that we believe that he loves us. Whatever your season is right now, when you trust that he loves you, you can walk through it with that new narrative of saying, even if, even if this happens, even if the worst thing happens, I know that he loves me. And it's important to know that because every time you look at the cross, every time you meditate on the cross, you'll remember that his love is beyond understanding. You will understand that his love is so sacrificial. You will know that his love will outlive you. It will touch generations to come because you chose Jesus. And it you will realize that it's a firm love, that he will correct you in love, but he'll embrace you once again. And it's beyond cap your capacity to even hold or understand. And so that will warm your heart enough to say, even if, even if this doesn't go as planned, I know that he loves me. I trust him. The second thing that I was talking about, the first thing is believing in the love that God has for me. The second thing is to abide in that love. What does it mean to abide in that love? This means that we actually allow ourselves to soak in God's love, to just revel in it. If, if you are a baker, if you're a home baker, you would know that, you know, to make a rich fruit cake for Christmas, they actually soak the dry fruits and nuts in rum or whiskey for about two months. Now, what is the purpose of that? When they soak it in that container for two months, every other day, they would actually open it and pour some more alcohol on it because what happens is the alcohol gets absorbed by all the dried fruits and nuts. And so it dries up. And so you need to add some more and some more until the jar is completely full. And then once it's fully soaked, when they actually add it to the flour and they make it, all of the essence of the fruits and the nuts and the alcohol are mixed. And the essence, the flavor is something else. And that's the power of abiding. That's the power of staying. Those dried fruits and nuts are not going anywhere. They're staying in that jar. And all that's being done is that wine is being poured over it again and again. And sometimes we need to be like those dried fruits in us. We need to just rest in the fact that he loves me. 
and allow his love to keep percolating permeating through me it requires that we soak in god's presence you know when you read the word in the morning on the afternoon on the night whenever allowing god's love to speak to you through his word allowing yourself to feel his embrace when you're going through a hard season that's what abiding looks like 1 john chapter 4 verse 17 says and as we live in god our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we live like jesus here in this world so why is it important to abide in his love so that we will be perfected day by day by day until we meet jesus face to face and this is not perfection in the way that we see it it's just you know every day we know a little bit more about god we love people a little bit better we experience god a little bit more and our world view starts to change our experience of god changes our experience of the world changes and so it's very important to understand that perfection will be fully felt when we meet jesus face to face but it is a day to day transformation and the power of god's love is this that it does not leave us the way it found us that it keeps transforming us every single day and so the two outcomes that happen when we actually abide in his love okay the first thing is that we begin to live fearlessly 1 john chapter 4 verse 18 such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear if we are afraid it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love as someone who actually used to struggle with chronic fear i can tell you this my fear was actually a sense of dread what if something happens what if something happens to my children what if something happens to my husband what if something happens to me and the important thing to understand is this that dread and fear does not come from the lord it is not a trait that god imparts to us in he says i've given you a spirit of not of fear but of power love and a sound mind so that's what god imparts to us fear is of the enemy but god is saying here the apostle john is telling us here that when you have love that perfect love it drives out fear love and fear can't coexist the love of god and fear cannot coexist have you been living with dread have you been living with fear of the unknown fear of the future what's going to happen after my time will my kids be okay what happens if you know this collapses or that happens you need to come and abide in his love soak in his love so that you know that you move from this place of what if to even if even if something happens i believe that he trusts me and you go to the next stage which says i know he has a plan for me that's the next stage of this progression so the first thing is we begin to live fearlessly and the next thing is we begin to love others 1 john chapter 4 verses 19 to 21 we love each other because he loved us first if someone says i love god but hates a fellow believer that person is a liar for if we don't love people who we can see how can we love god whom we cannot see and he has given us this command those who love god must also love their fellow believers so it's imperative that if you are abiding in his love uh that you have to love others there is no real two ways about it you can't say i'm abiding in god's love but i choose not to love people because they're so unlovable that's not a possibility he says that when you abide fear goes out the window and you start to love others because those are the people that you can see okay so it's not an ordinary love that we have been loved with and so the love that we extend to others is also not ordinary it's very different it's very counterintuitive to who we are so it's very important to understand that my narrative must change from what if 
to even if even if this happens i know god loves me i believe it and i'm going to abide in his love and that's when i realize that there's a plan for my life the plan is not going as i planned it's going the way god has planned in his perfect love for me that's the beauty of the scenario and so i want to ask you this have you been all of this time a reservoir for god's love you know just absorbing it abiding in it enjoying his love or have you been a conduit for his love there's a big difference during these past two years all of us have been confined to our homes we've been stuck at home and now that things have opened up a whole bunch of us are still reticent about coming back out and you know the more you you look at yourself you see well i'm experiencing god i'm i'm great i'm hearing from him i'm reading from his word i watch i listen to podcasts i watch videos i'm good you know god loves me so much i know it but the beauty of it is this that you are not called to be a reservoir you can't just keep you know absorbing his love but you need to be a conduit so you absorb his love you abide in his love and then that love spreads to others you're a channel of his blessing you're a channel of his love you're no longer called to just be a reservoir there's this interesting um sea it's actually a lake called the dead sea um they call it the dead sea but it actually resembles more of a lake now the th- interesting thing about it is that it is fed by the jordan river and so water enters it and the water never leaves it so all of the water that comes in it's it's so below sea level that it really doesn't drain out and what happens is because there's no drainage all that happens is that it keeps evaporating water it loses water through evaporation and because of the crazy amounts of evaporation the amount of salts that are now left in the water are highly increased so you can actually float in that water without you know a tube you can read a newspaper without it getting wet the reason being water flows in but nothing flows out this is the dead sea so in contrast there's the sea of galilee and the same jordan river pours its waters into this sea as well now the difference is the sea of galilee is so rich in marine life it's got some seven types of native fish the um, the you know entire vegetation around that place is different the dead sea has nothing living in it because of the high salt contents there's nothing living in the water there's no plant there's no animal there's no um, you know fish none of that but the sea of galilee by contrast same water coming in the difference being that the sea of galilee has so many outlets that it keeps pouring water out keeps receiving water keeps pouring it out and i wonder how many of us are starting to resemble the dead sea where we say you know what i'm so comfortable at home i just love you know basking in the, in in this relationship with jesus and i'm good but you know what even jesus is asking you will you be a conduit of that love enough of being a reservoir yes i've poured myself into you i know you know that i love you you even believe it but i now want you to take that step of faith step back into community go in person because when you get into community when you actually meet others that's when you can actually be a conduit that's when you can show that love that you've received to that person seated beside you in church that's when when you know in the time of fellowship over that chai over that coffee when you're speaking to someone when you can encourage them when you can offer help like only you can and that's when you become a conduit so i want to ask you will you allow god to transform you from a reservoir into a conduit because that's what you've been created for that's what you were saved for it's important that we start getting rid of dread in our life dread is not from god it's not from the spirit of god it is from the enemy of our souls and we need to come come against it remembering that we have a perfect love that our heavenly father has given to us in his son jesus 
And so we can get rid of dread and we can abide in that love so that our narrative shifts. Our narrative shifts, shifts from, oh, you know what, what if this happens to even if this happens, I know he loves me and I know he has a plan. It's only in abiding in him that I start to believe, you know what, God, this sickness, even this sickness has a plan. Even the setback has a plan. You have a plan. I'm just going to trust you. That's what abiding in his love looks like. So I want to ask you that if you would actually move from this place of knowing about his love to actually experiencing it, to actually trusting his love, because his love is beyond understanding. It is so firm, yet so compassionate. It's everlasting. It's beyond you and me. Also, will you allow yourself to abide in that love? to go deep, to soak in it and allow God's love to be washed over you again and again, experience it in waves. And not just that, not just that you receive it, but that you be a conduit of blessing, that you're a channel. The time is coming for us to stop being reservoirs of his love, but to start being conduits. Get back into community. Take that leap of faith. Take that step of faith. God's going to protect you. He's going to protect your body. He's going to protect your children. But take that step of faith and stepping back into community. And when you get back into community, don't stand at the, at the fringes, but get involved. Get in, involved in people's lives. Get your hands messy. It, it is hard. It is hard because you've been once bitten, twice shy. You know, I get that. But God is asking us if we will be a conduit. And that happens when we abide in his love, when we actually allow his love to wash over us. Again and again, can I pray for you today? Even as we step into this week, the world celebrates um, a very humanistic love. But his love for us is far, far greater than we can picture, than we can even understand. And I pray that you will experience that. You can be single today. You could be recently single. You could be in a marriage, but you could be feeling alone. Or maybe your marriage is going great and so you don't feel you need this. But the truth is, all of our human love has limits. It's limited, it's limiting, it's conditional, it's conditioning. But when you come to God, he just calls you in. He says, come here. I love you as you are. I want to love you. I want you to know my love even more. I want you to trust me even when the going gets tough. And every time you start doubting my love, I want you to look to that cross and believe that my love for you has no bounds. Can I pray that over you? Father in heaven, I just pray right now for anyone who is struggling in the area of love. Every Anyone who is going through the season of saying, no one loves me. I have not experienced love yet. Father, I pray that today will be a renewing of their spirit. That Lord, your love would touch them. That they would abide in your love. They will rest in your love. Father, I pray that they will start to trust that your love has a purpose, that your love exists, that your love is so, so powerful. And I pray that, Lord, they will shift that narrative in their minds, that, Lord, they will come to this place of saying, even if, even if things don't go as planned, Lord, I will trust that you love me. I will trust that you have a plan and I'll keep moving forward. Father, I pray right now for anyone who has recently gone through heartbreak. I just pray that, Lord, you will touch them. Their heart will be touched by your nail-pierced hands and that they will experience, Lord, healing on the deepest level. I pray for anyone who's been hurt by love, Lord. Someone they loved has hurt them physically, verbally, emotionally. Lord, I just pray for healing in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for those who are longing to be loved, 
by someone. Father, that in your time you will answer that prayer. In your way you will answer. And until then, oh Father, they will abide in your love. And even after they find that love, that you will continue to be their first love. Father, I pray for all of us, Lord, who sometimes put you on a back burner and chosen other things to love over you. We pray that, Lord, you will once again be our first love, that, Lord, we will once more keep you at the top of our list, Lord. Help us, Lord, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I pray that this week won't be one of discouragement or, you know, feeling lonely, but it'll be one where you actually feel so fulfilled because the God of the universe loves you, loves you so much that he was willing to send his son for you. So you were worth dying for. I pray that that will encourage you through this week, through this month, through the year. You were so loved. He loves you so deeply. Revel in that. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.